nice to have you join us again this evening on the Vessels of Honors Foundation podcast platform. Hope our messages have been a blessing and if this is your first time checking us or checking in, you can check our previous messages, great and wonderful messages for you to listen to all lined up on this podcast channel. It's good to have you. I was the past week. Hope it was productive and hope you were able to, to gain something good from last week and I really hope you're being positioned for this new week to do greater things. I'd like to thank the Vessels of Honors Foundation and the entire core leadership for giving me once again this privilege to share God's word to you or with you. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this word impacts your life and impacts my life also because we're all learning and we'll be better off for this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. So um, without further ado, I'll just be exalting us. It won't be so much of a time, just a brief exaltation and a charge for us as Christians. And I'll be taking today's um, charge from or exhortation from John 15 verse 1 to 10, and that will be the major, that will be the anchor, anchor, what's the name? 
anchor scripture or part of the bible so um this is explaining or let me just give a preamble of what is happening here this is shortly before jesus went to the cross and was like giving his final speech his uh, my last words to his disciples before he went to the cross and he has always been telling them about different things like he's going to the father he's going to a place where they don't know but it was better off if he left so that they can also come join him there and he has been giving different um different speeches sometimes confused the disciples sometimes he didn't sometimes he understood and now he's giving this illustration of himself a relationship between Jesus and ourselves and he's saying he is divine we are the branches and and his father is the husband man or the gardener or the vineyard dresser as different translations have it so um, from verse 1 to verse 10 it reads thus um, let me use um, KJV also although those corny English you know but it's fine from verse 1 I am the true vine and my father is a husband man Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he projects it and it may bring so that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have heard, I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye cannot do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. And verse 10, If ye keep my commandment, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandment, and abide in his love. Alright, so, um, if you if you would like to title or give this um, brief exhortation a title, it would be um, maybe vine and branch, anything. like I really don't have a particular title for this. Okay, so yeah, we can see between the space of verse 1 to verse 10, Jesus was saying explicitly that he mentioned a few times here, clearly, clearly stated that if you're a branch and you don't abide in me as the vine, you cannot produce anything. You cannot produce results. You cannot, you can't, you can't produce fruit. So he's saying, as Christians, for you to be fruitful, you have to you have to abide in me. And he mentioned, he described himself as the true vine, which means there there is the opportunity or the privilege for other vines to surface to surface. But he said, if you if you are going to produce fruit, and much fruit for that matter, you have to abide in me. As I have abided in my Father, if you abide in me, I will also abide in you. So he's saying it's a mutual relationship for us to be able to produce fruit as Christians here on earth. You have to abide in me, I have to abide in you. So two of us work together to produce fruit. Two of us work together to produce fruit. And what does he, how, how can we, how can God abide in us? When we, he has, he has given his word, he has spoken his word. When we read, God, when we read God's word, in John 1 verse um, you can see even here he was talking about my word and if you keep it my commandments you shall abide in love and everything and his commandments later on you can see when he told his disciples that he only has a commandment and that is to love your neighbor so 
when you live when you express love when you experience love you know it's the love of the father that is true love i mean genuine love not lost that a lot of us confuse today as love it says when you experience genuine love you know the father is abiding with you you know the father is abiding with you through that and through the promises he has given in his word he has we can see evidence that god is abiding with us when we when we accept those promises when we read those promises into our life we pray them and we live those um, and, and we and we live based on those promises god has given unto us as a new generation living in dispensation of grace so we can see god living through uh, living abiding in us like that and also the, the the very tricky thing there is he said if you don't abide in me as a true vine you can't produce fruit and sometimes we can't we're going to ask ourselves as christians like what 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 really is this fruit i think let's let's do with that subject of fruit what does it mean by fruit what does it mean by fruit and Dealing with this subject, looking at it, we can use the char- um, characteristics of fruit or features of fruit on a tree to explain what God or to understand what God was trying to tell the disciples here. So, things that fruits do number one, it causes attraction to divine. It causes attraction to divine. So, imagine you're just in a tree and there's no flower because um, there's no flower on the tree because the flower is what gives the fruit, um, turns to turns out to be the fruit or the yeah the fruit at the end of the day so there's no flower there's no flower there there is no there's no fruit imagine you don't be walking past the tree it can be good for shade that's fine but what attracts you to that to that vine to that tree itself is the fruit you see if it's very big and very attractive oh my you just want to run to it and and then plug this thing and everything so as a fruit when you are producing fruit what you are doing in essence is number one you're attracting people to god you're attracting people to god another thing about the fruit is it is the taste it's what comes out of the fruit if a fruit is bitter obviously there is you don't you don't want to go back to that tree you don't want to procreate you don't want to keep that tree you don't want to plant that tree in your own garden but if the true if the fruit is sweet you of course want to want to get more of that fruit you want to come back to that fruit and you in essence you want to plant that you want to plant it in your vineyard so another thing we can see like that is fruit is it first of all we mentioned fruit attract okay and how sweet the fruit is attracts you and makes and and, and causes you to want to associate with that fruit which means in essence you as you producing a fruit attracts people to to the to the vine and as a result of the fruits you produce it determines whether people want to be associated with that vine or not so if your fruit is not sweet if your fruit is bitter which is as a which is as an essence of god saying you want to produce fruit and you want to be you want to be fruitful you have to abide in me not that you can't you have to abide me as a true vine. Not that you can't produce fruit or you can't be you can't be fruitful in your own endeavors or whatever in association whatever you choose as another as your own vine. No, it's not like that. You have people of the world who claim they are fruitful, quote and unquote. But what Jesus is defining as fruit here is you, in essence, being able to produce sweet fruit that attracts people to him and cause people to associate and want to stay with him so that's that's what he defined here as fruitfulness that's what he's trying to talk about as fruitfulness and how how can this be you know it's very tricky because sometimes if you're using this plant i know god is especially use this vine vineyard garden agriculture um 
um, scenario to explain this because another thing I notice is when you cut off a branch it does not wither immediately it does not dry up immediately it takes some time it's still green it's still looking juicy and if you don't if you're not aware that it has been cut off from divine you think it's still it's, it's doing well and everything but in actual sense it's already it is already dying it's just not physical and what does this mean it means we have to constantly check ourselves even in place with God and that's what I'm that's the charge I'm bringing to us this evening like check yourself every day check yourself now are you is your vine still Christ are you is your anchor is a source of joy it's a source of living still Christ is the reason why you wake up and you want to do that in which you are doing is it because Christ has asked you to do that you believe is the channel for you to reach out to people and everything you are doing now is it bringing people to knowledge that Christ loves them and brings them to the to the knowledge of salvation does it attract people to Christ or does it attract people to you or does it attract or send people away from Christ these are questions we have to ask ourselves to put ourselves in check to be able to and audit ourselves to know if we are still standing in the faith and the very tricky thing in this is um the last church in the book of revelation that's um revelations 3 let me just read it out in a couple of minutes this, this is what i'll be reading in closing revelations 3 and verse 17 let's just jump down to 17 Revelations 3 and uh, let's just read from verse 14 so that we understand it. So what this, um, in the preamble to this is, John was on the island of Pathmos where he was abandoned and then God picked him up to start revealing a lot of things to him about the end time church. So he typified this using seven churches which are in the province of um, is it Asia and then I'm not, I'm not sure if it's Asia but I think Asia and then and the Laodiceans, Corinth and, and, and a lot of them. So this last one was a um, church in Laodicea and it was... He was trying to he was sending a message to them and let's see the description he gave them from verse 14 and also the angel of the church of the laudations right this thing said the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god which is talking about this says um, jesus unto you there's no there's no big english there so um 15 i know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot i would that i would that we are cold or hot I would that I wish you were cold or hot. No, KJV. So then, so then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I shall speed thee out of my mouth, because thou said, I am rich and increased in goods and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. This is, this is, I think this is the only part in the Bible where God used five strong adjectives, bad adjectives, to qualify his body, which is the church. So he said, you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, because they simply thought they were rich, and they had they had need of nothing and this is what this is what we see now in, in our society where we have replaced where we have replaced the, um being truly um true the true meaning of fruitfulness as, as jesus meant to explain or what jesus was trying to pass across to the disciples the real essence of fruitfulness which has to be being connected to him as divine because we, we have tried other alternatives and it seems to be similar to what Christ knows as fruitfulness. But the true test of time is one is the true the true test of um the real fruitfulness is one that can stand the test of time, the one that can pass through the test of time, the one that can lead to eternity, which has to be rooted in Christ, who is the true vine. So he did when he was talking to the disciples, the essence he of essence said he is the true vine. I know there are other vines, and we can even make up vines for ourselves. We can make um, our careers our vine where we 
can call we based on we can we can use different things self-fame popularity and even other people in our lives can be our vine but christ said there are other vines but i am the true vine so if you are going to be fruitful i have to be in you you have to be in me and when to check if you are truly in christ if christ is your true vine everything you do everything you do as a christian i see everything you do will be will be will be um, connected or will have the will be climaxed at bringing people to christ directly or indirectly in the field of accounting field of engineering field in technology field of um arts and social sciences you're in different field but anything you do is of one purpose and one essence to attract people to divine and cause them to stay Cause them to stay attracted and fruited in divine, you know. So that's that that that's 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 how to check if you are being fruitful. And reading on, you can see, he said, "I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, the real gold that is tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white remain that thou may be clothed, and that I sh- that." that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see so what he's trying to say in essence basically is your process is whatever you're doing attracting people to christ sit down i think it's the time we sit down audit our lives yeah i'm into a lot of activities but of essence is god being glorified in this thing because in john in john verse 15 you can see when we produce fruit he says it brings us glory to god it brings us glory to the father which means with what we are doing no matter how little no matter how big if it does not bring glory to god we are not abiding in true vine so this evening i'm just charging us to sit down you know this word is moving it's a fast moving word so we just take it slow like it's the in the brake pedal and and take a research a deep research and just just think about it and everything we have been busy quote and unquote with and just analyze them and ask ourselves is this thing bringing glory to god if it's not i think it's, it's time to let go of it or time to do an audit and do you know just just go back to the roots you know make it make it count for christ's sake and not not just something that massages our ego just to say we are busy and and, and everything and this this in essence leads us to finding purpose i really don't want to delve into that it's, it's a lot of stuff and you can if you go down in our past messages pastor femi family has talked a lot i talked in depth about purpose i know he still has a lot to, to say about that but this leads us to finding purpose it leads us to finding purpose in fact i dare say i'm very sorry i'm going to shake this table you are standing on it if you have not found your purpose i are not in the search to find your purpose in fact you have not started living the life that christ has given unto you because purpose is of essence in the things of the spirit so um and this evening just briefly i'm just sharing that with you and i hope it has really blessed you so just take out time out of your busy schedule and do it more often yeah do it more often just take time out and ask yourself these questions like am i really am i really still connected to the true vine am i really connected to the true vine if you don't do it now it's a a matter of time it's a matter of it's a matter that um Time, yeah, time will tell, we tell which is the true vine. If you are truly connected to the true source of life, time will tell, we tell. And I hope this message blesses you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a good evening. Um, and thank you for joining in. You can also follow us uh, on our social media pages. That's um, Instagram, um, Twitter, at the username, uh, the handle. Is the handle? Yeah. The username is uh, Vessels of VHF UI. VHF UI. VHF UI. Vessels of Honors Foundation. Those are, um, you check our activities there. And also, you can follow us on our YouTube channel, Vessels of Honors Foundation, also. And um, we're glad to hear from you too. You can 
look for the message tab there eat on it and you can send your message and comments so we can have a feedback of how this has blessed you and whatever questions or things you want to ask you can also do that through that channel and it has been a really wonderful time sharing God's word with you and I hope you are blessed as I have been blessed by God's word today in the name of Jesus do have a fruitful week ahead God bless you Show me your face Fill up this space My world needs you right now My world needs you right now I can't escape Being afraid Fill me with you
showed me your face Come through the space My world needs you right now My world needs you Hallelujah. Praise God. Good evening to you. Thank you for joining in on our podcast channel. It's good to have you here. This is the Vessels of Honors Foundation. And we are glad to have you join us this evening. How have, how have you been and everyone around you? Hope you have been doing well. Hope you have been keeping up even amidst the current situations going on in the country at the moment. We bless God for protection. Thank you because His will, for sure, we know His will is being fulfilled. Even though the government or whoever or the principalities and high powers think they are having their way. But God is always ahead of man. And every scheme of man and every plan of man always works out to fulfill God's purpose. So with that, with that assurance, we have hope. And we know that our hope is not of the things of this earth but according to the word of god and by the faith we have in jesus and his word amen so this evening i will just once again be sharing with us on a couple of things as regards the situations in the country and how we are expected to to act not react as believers our our response is meant to be even at time in times like this and, and without taking so much of your time just Let's pray and then let's kick off. Our dear Heavenly Father, King of Glory, we thank you for all you have done. Thank you for the listener. We thank you for the person sharing your word. You say that in it all, your name will be glorified in the name of Jesus. We thank you because your protection has been sure of us and ours. Thank you because even despite the unrest in the country, we know your plan is being fulfilled. And we exalt your name. In everything, we have cause to give thanks. May they exalted forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, yeah. Just to, let, let me start from um, Act 3 and verse 17. Just to re-emphasize that man's schemes or man's plan always work to fulfill God's purpose. So we should not be dismayed. Act 3 and verse 17. This um, story of Peter and John, yeah? Um, after healing the man that has been at the beautiful gate for how many years? A couple of years. So um, they sp- they told him when they saw him that particular day, they said, "Siva, I'm good. I have not, but what I have in the name of Jesus, arise and walk." And he was healed. So um, they used this opportunity to preach to the congregation in this in the temple at that time. And one of the things they quoted was, um, "Pete." Um, Verse 17, Act of Apostles 3 17. I'll be using NLT. This. So, friends, I realized that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling with all, what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah that he must suffer these things. So, even though all they did was out of ignorance, even though they didn't per se know what they were doing, they thought they were trying to kill 
one man that has claimed to that has claimed to be a savior of the world. Thought they were ending the career of Jesus. They thought they were they were, t- they were going to kill him. They thought they were all his disciples. They were going to they were going to make them sad and just to stop him from accomplishing what he was doing. Even the devil thought he was a mastermind that he was going to kill him. That if he killed him, nothing else again and stuff like that. But to prove their ignorance and foolishness. God used all their schemes to fulfill the plan which led to salvation for our souls. So it was written by the prophets even before time that you should suffer all these things. So in this just to reassure that even what we are going through now, whatever we may term it to be, suffering, um, brutality, everything, everything, is all working together to fulfill God's big plan. And we know for sure as Christians that both good, bad, ugly, fine, beautiful, all together work for our good because we trust him because we trust the lord so that's our confidence that's our hope and we stand sure in his word amen okay so still continue with the story of um the um apostle peter and um john here yeah after healing the man at the beautiful gates um, i'll paraphrase the story and let's see how fast we can move so after healing him and preaching to the disciple and um, to the people in the temple, quite a number of people were saved. Were added onto the body of Christ, the association of Christ at that time. And then the governing body at that time um, saw a need to stand against or rebuke them for having preached that um, they did so deliverance in the name of God and preaching resurrection from the dead and. Um, not 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 like they did anything bad at least they did something good something beautiful but the governing body at that time they just wanted due to their pride due to their selfishness because they didn't want to acknowledge jesus christ as the son of god and the savior of the world they they just wanted to kill his ministry quote unquote so due to that they had to scheme up things they wanted to stop the people preaching in the name of jesus or preaching what jesus has come to establish on earth they wanted to stop them by every means but they they just couldn't and they had to even call peter and john to to the governing council to face them and then they were asked questions and everything so that's what the story is basically i think it started in chapter two if i'm not wrong uh, if not chapter two then early chapter three so um the major part i'll be dwelling on today is in chapter four and it's it's only quite it's a question um the apostles asked the governing body um, let's just act of apostles chapter four chapter four the question is in verse 19 verse 19 sorry um, let's take it from verse 17 so we can just get of verse 16 okay so the governing body asked themselves after sending peter and john outside they were discussing that amongst themselves from verse 16 now nlt what should we do with these men they asked each other we cannot deny that they have performed the miraculous sign and everybody in jerusalem knows about it but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they call the apostles back in and command them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, 
Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than obey him? That's the question. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than obeying him? So you here, you, you can see this situation is pretty much similar to what's going on in our country now. And we can see that we're speaking up for the right things to be done. We're speaking up for good governance. And then there's the there's the there's the part where the governing body is trying to shut our voices. There's the part where the governing body is oppressing us. And they you can see it here with Peter and John. They were trying to shut them up even after doing the right thing, even after doing things that, that, that would benefit something so beautiful, like giving a man his life back. Imagine someone that has been begging now can work and can go to feed, um, fend for himself, can do things, they can contribute to the society. And all because of their pride and selfishness, they, 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 they strictly warn them that, okay, fine, you have done this, but don't ever do it again. And at this point, they responded, said, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than obeying him now that's the question do you think god wants us to obey you rather than obeying him this question shows that the apostles understand or understood that first of all the allegiance lies to the god to god's kingdom the heavenly kingdom first not the earthly kingdom that they belong to they understood that and then Ask this question like you are saying we should obey you against our at the detriment of obeying God. But they told him, Do you think that's what our first kingdom ruler will want us to do? Whatever here on earth is the permission given to us by our first kingdom, which is kingdom we all belong to as Christians, the kingdom, the heavenly kingdom, the kingdom of God, where God reigns supreme. Understanding that when they when they when they do things in this earthly kingdom against the will or the permission of the heavenly kingdom, it's amounts to treason. So they, they asked him, Do you think God, our our ruler in our in the kingdom we first belong to, who want us to do that which you are saying at the at the expense of disobeying him? Of course, <laughs> that, that will have raised a lot of questions in the mind of the governing governing body. Okay, verse 20. Let's continue. We cannot stop telling about everything we have said and heard. So they couldn't stop bearing witness about what was true, what was right to, to the people in Jerusalem and even far beyond that. Not, not fearing the governing body as at that time. They were ready to go all out to obey the first kingdom, to be, to be in accordance to the rules and regulations of the first kingdom, which is the heavenly kingdom that they belong to. So, for everything that happens, always think of the Jesus factor first. You are first a citizen of God's kingdom before a citizen of Nigeria or any country you might belong to. First of all, your allegiance lies as a Christian first to the kingdom of God. So, in every situation we face, in every in this um, uprising, this um, this um, protest, in this voicing out for good governance and everything. Even in situations we face daily, what we should do, not even particularly at this time, but not limited to this time, is to first filter and ask ourselves, what will the kingdom of heaven have me do in this situation? And if you can remember, WWJD, what will Jesus do? 
what would Jesus do at this moment? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus have me do at this moment? So you, re- you can all remember that um, WWJJ slang. I think it's very important as that we live our life as Christians following these principles. Following these principles. So, in light of what Jesus will have us do in this situation that Nigeria is in now, there are just about three points I would like to share with us as to guide us um, according to the principles and standards of the heavenly kingdom. First, I wrote down here, God wants us to stand up for righteousness no matter what. We can see from the story, if you have, um, if you, have you should go back and actually read the story so that you can understand this fully from chapter 2 or even start from chapter 1 down to chapter 4, yeah, so that you understand the story fully. So, God will want us to stand for Stand up for righteousness, no matter what. Speak up for righteousness. Peter and John, we can see, they stood their ground, irrespective of what the governing body was telling them or the oppression they faced. So I'm telling you that this cry for answers, this cry for good governance is not wrong. We have all done well. We have all done well. So we are not wrong by crying out for good governance, no matter... What the results or what it has resulted to, I want you to know that all these are only pains of birth. The pains that that we experience or women experience, of course, at childbirth and the pain and the pain of birth of a new nation, of a new Nigeria. It's the pains of a birth, not just limited to a new Nigeria. Of the of the of Christians, you know, the Bible says the word waited for the earnest manifestations of the sons of God. So this is the pain of the birth of the earnest manifestations of we the children of God. Yeah, even as we draw close to this end time. So it's it's a pain of birth. It's a pain that births righteousness, and there has not been any typical change or or revolution or birthing that has come with ease. Has always come with so much pain. Even the birth of the new era in the kingdom called salvation, when salvation was going to be birthed, that would take the life of Christ. Even for our fathers that have held on to the faith long since then, bringing it down until that, until this generation, they went through tedious times, torments, a lot of crucifixion, very painful things that they've gone through. But they still held on to this vision, to this understanding of salvation, to, to, to what has been laid down to them from, from their predecessors, from what Jesus has given unto the disciples down, down, down the line until it got to our, our generation. And all this has been through pain. So there's nothing good, no revolution, no change that will come without pain. So we should not despair. This is the pain of birth. And it is only darkest just when it's about it's about daytime. So I would say we shouldn't we shouldn't give up. We should stand up for what is right. Not just limited to NSAS process, not just limited to even the state of the country. It starts from the little things we do in our workplace, in our school, with our interaction with people. We should always stand out and know and do what is right. I believe this is a time for Christians even to stand out and do it the God way. To stand out is a time for it's a time for us to stand out to, to show that our kingdom is not of this world and our kingdom is superior to the kingdom of this earth. So we do this by standing out and standing out for righteousness, no matter the, the oppression, no matter the, 
pains we go through, we only know is a pain of birth. And when we give birth, all the pain is like we never. A mother gives birth, and then it's like all the pain she has gone through is just is nothing compared to the joy that she has given birth to a new child. So do not despair. Do not despair. Do not give up. Do not give up. Because the child, the new nation, Nigeria, the new the nation you are expecting, by the grace of God, will definitely be birthed. And sooner than later. Much more sooner than later. Number two, I wrote down here. Notice that Peter and John did it with all sense of respect. They went in front of the governing body, even though they were, they were going to go against what the governing <coughs> excuse me what the governing body was going to say but they did it with all respect with all due respect they didn't go there and say oh, Lord, this is what we are going to do they didn't say you are mad you didn't know what you, are, you don't know what you are doing no they did it with all sign of respect i think at this point as christians we have to be cautious because we are all angry we are all grieved any nigerian that is not grieved at this point should question himself because we are all grieved at things that are going on massacre of innocent people only demanding for good governance the, the, the different things and even the things that have been exposed or reason different way houses people are dying hungry and things are meant to be given out to them we are finding it in stores what for you know <laughs> that question is left unanswered what for and then we have seen different the wickedness of, 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 of the people of this world and in, normally we are right to respond with anger. That's that's the nature of our flesh. That's that's default status. Respond in anger. You see President Muhammad Dubari shouts, "Wele!" Shouts, "We are mad!" We say different kind of things. It's the normal response that is meant to be. But I, I want us to be at this time, especially, be aware of legitimate grievance. Because uncontrolled or uncontailed legitimate grievance makes devils out of good people. Yes, we are right to be to be, we have the legitimate right to be grieved. We have the we have the right, we have everything like in fact the state of the country is upside down, we have the right to be to be pained, to react to what they are doing. But rather than react, we only respond according to what the kingdom. Don't forget, we are no, we are first the kingdom of, uh, we are first of the heavenly kingdom before the earthly kingdom, before before being a citizen of Nigeria, we're a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. What the heavenly kingdom we have, we have us to do is what we as Christians should be ready to do at this time. Not respond to the to the wickedness or respond to the act of wickedness of our of the people of this world. So we should be aware of legitimate grievances. They only make devils out of good people. Good people turn devils, begin to shout because begin to destroy things, begin to rain curses. Christians raining curses on even the leaders. Yes, I know the leaders are wrong. I know they've stolen from us and everything. Yes, that that's all that's all right. That's all legitimate. But still. You have to be aware of legitimate grievances that they don't make of us devils because we are not devils we are good people and we will stand as good people 
nobody, no governor, no governor, no president can make of us devils. We are Christians. We are good people. So instead of responding or reacting, sorry, to whatever they are doing, our response will be love. <clears throat> our response will be prayer. Our response will be responding back to them in love. So we should be aware that no matter how grieved we are, we have no rights. We have no privilege. We have no we have no audacity to respond being Christians in the wrong way. There is no good excuse to do anything that is wrong. Whatever is wrong is wrong. There is no good or legitimate excuse. So we should be aware. We should, we should be aware. I mean, we should be aware. We should we should caution our responses. If if we are if we are not sure what response to give, it's better we keep quiet. Because God is, and one thing we have to know is, these people are still leaders, and and it is clearly stated. God even said it when he was on earth that we should not. There's no room for disrespecting our leaders because they are being placed there by God, and they deserve our honor and respect, even if they are doing things that are wrong. It is we can only pray for them and fight in our place of prayer. We have no right to rain curses on them. We have no right to speak to them in rude tones. We can learn from Peter and John. They didn't they didn't speak rudely, but still they stood their ground. That is what we Christians are meant to do now. And and this will lead me to my final final um, point. We should know that our weapons of warfare are not canal. So therefore we should pray and show love irrespective. Pray for the ones that despisefully use you. Pray for leaders that have cheated you over the sins. Pray for them. Show them love. Don't pray that they die. Don't pray that it's not well with their family. Judgment is not yours. You don't know who is the seed of Christ. So you can't you can't pray out of hatred. You pray in love. Pray for the state of the nation. Fight your battles in prayer. And show love to everyone, irrespective. That is, we can't, we can't, we are, we are far, we are bigger than them. We can't respond back with hatred. We show love. When they stoned Jesus, when they accused him for, for, for offenses he didn't commit, he still prayed on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. He prayed for their foolishness and he said, Father, forgive them. So we are not, we don't have two heads. We are Christians taking after the, taking after, um, following, following the, the footsteps of Christ so we can't respond in any other way since our loyalty is to our first kingdom first is to our first kingdom which is the kingdom of heaven so we can't respond with hatred we can't respond with fighting back we respond with love and we fight our battles on our knees on our knees and we can see we can also learn that from what Peter and John did so I'll continue from verse um, 21. So the council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they don't know how to punish them without staring a riot. For everyone was praising God for his miraculous sign, dealing of the man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon, verse 23 now, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, 
all believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. They didn't respond by breaking down or looting things. They didn't respond by cursing them. They didn't respond by praying or raining evil curses on their families. No. They responded in prayers that God gave them the courage to stand. They, respo- they prayed. And after prayer, the, the, building was sh- the building shook and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. So our response to these things because as Christians is prayer, prayer, and our act is guided in love. So pray, fight your battles in a realm that they can't get to. <laughs> this is a realm they don't know about. No matter how wicked or how powerful they want to be, our realm of prayer surpasses every other realm. And this is where we move things, this is where we command things. Yes, we still stand up and speak against evil. When you are questioned, when we are when we are faced in physical in the physical realm, we still stand up and, and speak against evil. But we understand that the spiritual dictates the physical. So we, we do more in place of prayer. We do more in place of prayer. I think this is time, this is the charge I'm giving us this evening. The first, we should know our, our allegiance is first to the kingdom, to the heavenly kingdom, before any earthly kingdom. Second, you have not done wrong by speaking up for what's against what by speaking against what is wrong in the land. You have done the right thing. You have done the right thing. And I want you to know that all this pain you are facing is a pain of a new birth. As you can see throughout history, that birth birthing of a new era, any revolution, there has always been pains attached to it. So we are not losing focus. And we are not being despaired as one without hope because we know all things work together for our good because we trust God. Three, we should be aware of the adverse effect of legitimate grievance. So we do not respond or react as they will want us to. We react according to privilege the kingdom of heaven has given unto us. And number four, our weapons of warfare are not carnal. Pray, pray, and show love to people. Pray for your nation. Pray for Nigeria, because in its peace, that's when we eat of the good of the land. Pray for Nigeria. Don't stop praying. Stand up for what is wrong. Pray with all dignity, with all sense of respect. We don't speak against. We don't curse the people that have despisefully used us. We don't curse the people who have cheated us of our rights. We don't, because it's not given unto us. It's not a permission given unto us from our heavenly kingdom. But rather, we pray for them. We love them. And we pray that they, they, they depart from such evil ways and find salvation and find Christ. Thank you for listening to us. Just, let's just pray as we round off. Therefore, dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> thank you this evening for this word. Pray that this word use our mind, use our soul, correct our goals and this word that is coming from you this evening bless us even me the speaker and the hearer of this that we all will not be counted this will not stand against us but we counted worthy that we have kept and we have fought following the principles because it's of no use to run a marathon without following the principles 
without following the rules and regulation is as good as not running at all. So we say Jesus that you will not be found guilty even when you are fighting for the things that are right in the name of Jesus. And in every way we find ourselves, we speak for righteousness, irrespective of the circumstance of the situation, irrespective of man factor there. We speak for what is right in the name of Jesus. That we receive courage right now. I pray my heart goes out to everyone who has lost any dear one, any close relation or relative at this point. Especially on Tuesday, last week Tuesday, or even before and after. Anyone that is grieving Lord, that you find peace, that you find consolation in you alone. That you find peace, you find courage, you find strength. And they won't, they won't act out the negative part of their grievance. But this energy, this 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 grievance will fuel us to follow our news and pray for our nation. And to even love those that those that have cheated us and despisefully used us. That you be our role model, you be our you be you be our leader, you be our example that will follow. Glory to your name forever. Bless our souls, cause us to be happy in this land. Pray for Nigeria, it is well with Nigeria. I will see you rule and really continuously in the affairs of this nation in the name of Jesus. Let only be glorified for everyone. Thank you, Jesus. For in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you once again for joining in. Um, uh, of course, to join prayers, we we as we as a body, the Vessel of Honors Foundation, we do have uh, such sessions where we pray. It happens every Friday, so we are we are welcoming you to join us as a family and to pray together for our nations, pray together for ourselves, and also join us again next week Sunday to share another episode of God's Word in time of um, refreshing, in time of regaining strength. And um, thank you very much for joining me. God bless you. God bless our dear nation. Until till we meet again, keep being, keep basking in the strength and joy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Show me your face. Come fill this space. My world needs you. My world needs you